Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Athletics. And we're happy to say, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, great place to take your family for a good meal anytime you like. They're right by the mall here in Hattiesburg. And, of course, they're experts at catering. So if you've got some upcoming holiday events planned, be sure that you uh, call Dickies. All right, one more day of our Homes for Hope toy drive. All the toys now have been moved to the quarter market in Midtown, but there's plenty of time left for you to drop off. Great, uh, great reception so far. We're looking for a lot more toys. We'll be down there tomorrow, of course, from 1 to 2, following the Gerard Gibbert Show, which will be there from 10 to 1, so another good day, Quarter Market Midtown. And if you haven't done it already, please bring uh, some toys uh, to the location uh, for the kids at Homes for Hope. All right, we're going to get started today. Scott Watkins is the, of course, writer for the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Scott, Golden Eagles didn't look too good last night, lose 67-48 uh, to McNeese State, another night where they don't shoot well, 28% from the floor, 28 actually they shot the same percentage from the floor as they did the three-point line, and it's been my observation that this basketball team uh, is as good as their mid-range shooting in is, and, and last night it just wasn't very good. Yeah, that's that's been uh, I think the issue all year long. We kind of saw it in the exhibition against Mississippi State, and we kind of wrote it off as well. That was an elite defense. Uh, that's been an issue ever since. I mean, just finishing around the rim and finishing at mid range has been just a, just. They've had such a whale of a time doing that, and it doesn't help that the thing that made this team that really sunk this team two years ago. Uh, it's kind of coming back, and that's a three-point defense. That's been terrible this year as well. So when you're not finishing near the rim and the other team is getting that long rebound and right. pushing and hitting that open three on the other end, that's a recipe mm-hmm. for an L right there pretty much every night. Right. You get 44 rebounds and lose by 19 points. That tells you yeah. That tells you the shooting one. Before we move on, one thing that did strike me is the venue at McNeese State. It mm-hmm. just looked beautiful on television that's the kind of venue we'd like to see here in Hattiesburg. What, what do you know about that great venue they have there? I don't know anything about it. I, I, I turned it on the game, and I saw it, and I thought, holy crap, I had no idea they had that in Lake Charles. Yeah, That was gorgeous. Uh, the, the, I thought the broadcast was terrible, but I thought the arena was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> well, the arena, did, uh, the arena did look very good. All right, Luke, you want to jump in here in basketball before we move on to another subject? Absolutely, Scott. It's a big story yesterday, um, the ruling that came out. Um, you know, two-time transfers can play. NCAA basically saying that teams won't get penalized. If you play them, you can't get punished retroactively. 
I mean, Andre Cavello, green light now. I mean, the university did release a statement yesterday that said they were checking with their legal counsel. I don't think Cabello traveled with the team last night. But, I mean, he, he should play in these next two games, huh? I would expect it to. I, I'm not going to say that he will, of course, because I'd love to wait for an announcement. But that's what I would expect. Uh, they, they do have the green light. Uh, I know that Ladner Coach is going to want him to get out there uh, before conference play. Uh, I think Ole Miss is a phenomenal time to get uh, Curbelo on the floor and get his feet wet and uh, get up to speed as well against that team before, uh, before Georgia Southern opens a Sunbelt conference play. Yeah, Ross Dellinger reporting um, the NCAA said as a result of today's decision impacting D1 student-athletes, the association will not enforce the year in residency requirement for multiple-time transfers and will begin notifying member schools. So Southern Miss should, if they haven't already, received a notification from the NCAA that two-time transfers can play. Let me just get your comment, and then we'll move on. I mean, now, I mean, the, the NCAA is at the mercy. Uh, we, we, we saw last week the Division Zero story, and it, uh, Scott, we were talking off air. It just seems now that the NCAA becoming more and more irrelevant. And from a enforcement policy, basically anybody can do anything because there's no way that they're going to, you know, go after people when when they're basically grasping at straws just to to stick around to exist, huh? Yeah, no. Like I said before, uh, before we got on the air, I, this felt like a significant step toward the unraveling of uh, the NCAA. Um, and I think that the uh, that this new Division Zero thing that we're talking about, um, it does seem like an attempt to tether itself to the new landscape a little bit. Uh, but it it the, when I was watching or paying, I wasn't really watching, but I, I saw on Twitter the SEC was releasing their football schedule. It struck me that we're very close to the SEC breaking off and doing its own thing. Um, that that schedule is not going to work out for them in the long term. The way they have it set up, it's eventually, I feel like, going to go to nine games. And then what's going to stop them from going back to 2020 and playing 10 conference games? Uh, and then I, I heard a I heard a little rumor this morning that the ACC might be interested in, in teaming up with the Big 12. When this happens, there's going to be a conference breakaway. Um, there's going to be a, a conglomerate almost of, of all of the, the biggest powers that be in the uh, college football world. And I think it'll only be football. I think it'll largely be centered around football, but there's going to be a breakaway and probably before the end of this decade. Things are starting to move pretty quickly. Wouldn't that be a good thing for the smaller schools like Southern Miss, Scott? You know, potentially, but there's that that is all in the hands of ESPN. That's where, that's where the bulk of the money comes from. It, it trickles down from the media rights. Uh, if ESPN does not deem the group of five schools to be uh, worthy of the limelight, then the, the, the money will not come. It will, it will not be there. There's also a significant chunk of change that comes from the college football playoff that does trickle all the way down through to every group of five conference. Uh, if the G5 is cut out from whatever the SEC and the Big Ten want to do, that money may not come as well. So. I'm, I'm not really willing to say that it's a great thing for, for Southern Miss and the rest of the Sun Belt, but we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Well, my friend Kelly Sanders says you can always follow the money, and that leads you to the source of the problem. And isn't that the case in college athletics? I mean, just follow – it's all about money now, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is that is 1,000% accurate. Yeah, Rick Cleveland said uh, to us just a week ago that uh, he had never enjoyed college athletics less – in 60 years than now, 
and and it is all because of the money. It really is. Uh, mm-hmm. It really is amazing how money has um, has taken over. All right, before we uh, before we move on, and I hope you can stay for another segment because I did want to talk to you and uh, Luke about uh, the transfer portal and uh, and how that's working in the in the Sun Belt. But but your thoughts about this uh, men's basketball team? Uh, what are they going to have to do to 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 get off the hump here a little bit? Five and five now, two and two on the road, and uh, I think expectations, it's fair to say, were much higher. Yeah, no, no doubt. They lack consistency, and they lack a uh, creation engine or a creator. Uh, they've got the three scores, but there's just such a massive drop-off after that. Um, they have, they lack the spark. They lack a guy like Nesta, who we hope will be back during conference play. They, they lack a guy like Curbelo, who creates things with his defense out there on the perimeter. That I don't want to put you know all the eggs in one basket and say that's the difference. You get those two guys back, and this team will be night and day. Um, but that does seem to be the best chance that this team has of creating the spark that it needs to create because when I watch this team play, that's the thing that they lack. When we watched this team last year, and that I felt like that was the difference. You remember that Louisiana game? There was just a moment where everything would just spurt, where they would go on an 8-0 run, and it just it changed the entire game. Uh, that happened multiple times throughout the year. That's what's missing. And I think that's what Nesta and that's what Cabello could do. Well, and it's frustrating. You've got a, you've got a big guy now, and Iza, he had 14 rebounds last night. His presence was, was very clear in the paint, but still you lose by 19. So there's a, there's a lot of work left to be done, fair to say? Absolutely. You know, you can get all the rebounds in the world, but, you know, the thing in basketball is you have to score points. Right. All right. Can you hang around? We want to talk to you another Absolutely. segment. Absolutely. All right, we've got Scott Watkins uh, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald with us. want to remind you very quickly about Town & Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1983. They offer services including steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from the Southern Miss Campus on Hardy Street, or you can call them at 601 264 4920. And also want to thank all of you that tune in to the Golden Eagle, uh, rather the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, where we talk about Golden Eagle sports, of course. You can uh, get it any day on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. The numbers are very, very good, and we thank you all very much. Uh, we apologize for the issues we had earlier in the week, but we have an all-new computer system working. We think everything is going well. So stay with us. Eagle Hour continues right after this. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Bob and Luke with you today. We're from the uh, Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We've got Scott Watkins with us from the Biloxi Sun Herald. want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. For their sponsorship of our show, now Christmas is getting close and the uh, store is filled with Southern Miss merchandise, so be sure you make your way down and say hello to Miss Kathleen. If you listen in other parts of the state or even other parts of the country, you can still shop there. You can go to campusbookmart.net. All right, Scott, uh, I asked you, uh, when I asked you about coming back on the show, and you you kind of filled me in during the break, uh, not really great news about the Sun Belt, but let's talk about the transfer portal a little bit, which is, of course, a big part of college sports now. And you say most of what you've seen from the Sun Belt are people going elsewhere. Not a, not a lot of uh, not a lot of inflow, for lack of a better term, at this point. No, I have not seen a lot of influx. I have seen t- 
two uh, significant commitments so far. I believe it was Coastal Carolina that got the uh, former three-star quarterback from Michigan State, and uh, Auburn got it, or Auburn, Georgia Southern got a tight end from Auburn. That's really all that I've seen at this point. But it's been a, there's a lot of names in the portal from Sun Belt schools right now. There's a lot of teams that are going to be rebuilding entire sides of uh, or entire phases of their game. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, Georgia State. Uh, Marshall teams like that are going through it right now. It's not looking great for the league. So losing a lot of players, can you put your finger on why? Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about earlier? What was it? Money. Money. The, the little green thing. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be it. I'm guessing NIL is going to be a, a big factor here. A lot of these Sunbelt schools cannot do it. Um, Coastal Carolina just lost, I think, their NIL collective, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they have more players in the portal than any other team. So lots of players are just shopping for the almighty dollar is what we're hearing you say. Yep, uh, that's that's the way that I see it. Grayson McCall, he's at North Carolina State. Jared Brown is at South Carolina. Um, somebody else, uh, South Carolina got another player too, I think, too. Uh, that's, that's the way that I see it. Uh, there's just not... There's an effort by some of schools. I see it, but it's not coming together at every location. Yeah, it's all about the money. I heard you telling Luke during the break that the uh, Troy coach uh, uh, lost, and uh, right now money will be the issue in getting the kind of guy they want there, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. I think uh, I think what Troy's going to do is they're going to target some uh, former Neil Brown type guys. That's what that's what I would do. Uh, there's a couple of assistants over there at West Virginia that that know Troy, know Troy well, and that's that's what succeeded. As for before, Neil Brown was a former Troy assistant, did very well. Chip Lindsey was not. Uh, well, he was for one year, bounced in and out. Uh, John Summer was a multi-year assistant at Troy uh, under Neil Brown. So I, I think what you do is you go get a Jordan Leslie type who is working as defensive coordinator at West Virginia, done a very good job. Um, you go and get one of those guys, somebody that knows the area extremely well, and uh, that. I don't think money will be an issue at that point. Uh, Troy is Troy has been very aggressive about paying his coaches. John Thurman was the highest paid coach in the Sun Belt uh, this past season at a million dollars. He was the first Troy coach in any sport, of course, to, to reach seven digits there. So I, I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to pay for what they want. Um, but, you know, we'll yeah. see how, how it works and, out. And to put it in perspective, the million-dollar-a-year coach at Troy got how much for leaving? Uh, he's he's probably going to get north of two million dollars. My guess is doing a half at Tulane. So, and that's and that's another group of five. And it, this is wow. not the first time it's happened. I mean, Coastal Carolina lost uh, their head coach to a Conference USA school because of the money. Because so. of the money, Luke, get back in here. Yeah, I mean, but you know, Liberty and Tulane have crazy endowments, and yeah. you almost like uh, I know Fritz was getting paid that, but I mean, you know, Tulane's able to able to to, to pay for that. I want to go back to, to Southern Miss. Uh, we hadn't had you on since the hiring of the coordinators. I mean, let, let's talk some and, and give us your take on, on Chip Long and Clay Bignell. Yeah, Chip Long, I think, was a uh, it was a win-now kind of hire. It was a safe choice. It was somebody who has a ton of experience calling plays at the very highest level. Uh, so I, I think when you, you're handing over the keys to, your, to the offense, when you're somebody who has had the keys for so long, um, you want somebody who you can trust, and I think Chip Long is the epitome of that. There's there's no doubt in my mind that Will Hall is going to be very comfortable handing over as much of the offense as he wants to. Um, defensively, kind of seems like they, they went the opposite direction, which I think is fine. 
Uh, you go with the up-and-comer, somebody who's been a defensive coordinator one time. That was at FCS Eastern Illinois. Um, that was a defense that was good before uh, he ran it, but it was very good again. Um, what I thought was interesting is that there is a, a little connection there. Both of those coordinators worked together on that Notre Dame team that went to the college football playoff in 2018. Yeah. So both coaches uh, know what it's like to compete on the very highest stage, uh, which is it, it, it can be nothing but a positive. Talking to uh, Scott Watkins from Biloxi Sun Herald. Yeah, that, that the 17, 18, 19 seasons that they were together. I know that that Big Nell was just a you know, uh, yeah, a graduate assistant. analyst. Were, I think yeah, yeah, thir- thirty three and five. Will did tell us Monday uh, when he was visiting with us that this is Chip's show. I mean, that's exactly what he said. And I, I mean, as I, I think. I think they're absolutely home run hires for this. You can't get Southern Miss could not get a guy with that pedigree, um, with college football playoff coordinator experience, and then to your point, something that Southern Miss doesn't do historically is 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 go after the up and comer and Big Nell um, of of some of those. You know, he, he worked under Clark Lee, he worked under Elko. I mean that's a that's a really good coaching tree and and I think the move we talked about earlier in the week but see if you agree as well there's a move now coming back this is going to be a aggressive chaotic pressure defense Yeah that's that's uh that should be what they're going for I think that's what they wanted to do this past season and just a lot of things just did not go their way early on and uh it just kind of fell apart pretty quickly there but that's I think that's always going to be what they want to do, and I think that Big Nell is the right guy to do it. He has a lot of experience working with linebackers, a ton of it. Um, an all-conference linebacker himself, uh, which is very good because this is a very linebacker-centric uh, defensive system that they want to run. Uh, and I think he's worked with defensive linemen as well, too. So he's, he's a very well-rounded coach, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does uh, once he gets hold of the team. Um, in, in about, you know, uh, what, six days – is when we've got signing day. What what is a what is a absolutely a hundred percent knock it out of the park um, success for Southern Miss? Keeping keeping everybody they got, keeping everybody they got, plus pulling a surprise. I mean, it seems like if you know they named the MAIS players of the year yesterday, all three are, are commits, and White, Julioski, and and Jones. If you hold those three guys, you hold Jalen Washington, Caleb Brown's playing in the Miss Al game. It seems as if that would be, I mean, that, that's going to be a top two Sun Belt class, maybe a top seventy national class. Do you think they could pull off one more surprise? I think what would make uh, coaches feel the best, what would make fans feel the best, is that in a perfect world, the surprise would be a uh, transfer portal offensive lineman from a Power Five school. I don't know mm. what that looks like. I don't know who's out there. There's a million of them. Uh, go and get one of those. Uh, ULM has a guy, actually, you don't need a power five guy. ULM has a couple offensive linemen in the portal that are actually pretty solid. Go get one of them. Uh, they don't want to be there. It's Monroe. That would be, that would be a big win. That would be a big win, I think. Uh, they love you in Monroe. Do you know that, uh, Scott? You're, 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 there's you're... like, <laughs> they do, actually. I, I, I know people in Monroe. They're, they're very friendly. <laughs> All right, so new coordinators, top 70 recruiting class, supposedly. A lot of pressure on Will Hall next year. He has to produce next year, right? Yes, absolutely. Got to produce next year. Uh, I think it's next year or never for Will Hall, to put it yeah. simply. Now that the dust has settled a little bit and you've had a chance to look back, can you put your finger on any one or two things that 
that you feel overall contributed to the disappointing year? Yes. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind would be the injuries to the secondary. Uh, that seemed to put a crutch on the defense pretty much all year long. Um, a lot of yards given up and a lot of points given up. They just they, they struggled with the big play again. That was a point of em- emphasis for them over the offseason to uh, limit those big plays. And they happened anyway because you just you had so many inexperienced guys back there in the secondary. And then uh, the offensive line, it, it did not improve in any way whatsoever. Uh, that's got to get better or this team will – not find any way forward right well scott we appreciate your input uh, we've enjoyed having you on the show all year maybe have you on before the year ends again but we're certainly uh going to keep your uh, number handy and uh rely on you to keep us up to date with the sun belt you do really a great job covering southern miss sports i appreciate it fellas i love being out here thank you all right scott Watkins, everybody sports writer for the Biloxi Sun Herald, and we do sincerely appreciate uh, his contribution to our program. I want to talk to you for just a minute about Genesis of Hattiesburg. It is the official auto dealer of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are just the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. Coming soon, the all new Genesis showroom is going to be on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. We hear that it is going to be state of the art, and we are really glad to have Genesis of Hattiesburg. Uh, now a member of the Super Talk Eagle Hour family. We'll be right back. We're going to hear from uh, one of the kids that scored a lot last night. Victor Hart had 12 points in the loss to McNeese State. Kelly had a great conversation with him earlier this week, and we're going to bring that to you right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Well, I want to thank Scott Watkins, Biloxi Sun Herald, for joining us first half of the show. Always good stuff from Scott. Does a great job of covering the Sun Belt and Southern Miss athletics. Before we move on to the interview, uh, Luke, uh, Scott made reference to the transfer portal, obviously, and, and players leaving the Sun Belt. You've got some numbers and some um, better indication of who's taking the biggest hit yeah this is uh from earlier in the week uh, as of december 11th 130 sunbelt players in the portal coastal at 22 odu at 17 ulm at 15 georgia state 14 marshall 12 appalachian state 10 jmu 10 southern miss 8 Arkansas State 6, Georgia Southern 4, South Alabama 4, Troy 4, Louisiana 2, Texas State 2. So Southern Miss in the bottom half of that, less than 10, while uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 teams with 10 or more. And, man, ULM, ODU, and Coastal 15 and up. Mm. They're taking a hit for sure. It is it is the sign of the times, and uh, you pointed out to me that the SEC even more than, than the Sun Belt. For, yeah, as of, uh, as of this weekend, SEC had like 170 uh, players in the portal, and, you know, some of that is 
more demand with uh, guys coming out of high school that you know are were four stars or or whatever it is. You expect maybe the power fives to have a little more, but you know it, that, that's the the issue now is when um, when group of five players shine. Guess what? There becomes a market for them real fast. No question. All right. Uh, early in the year, of course, kind of up and down right now with basketball five and five. But one of the bright spots has clearly been Victor Hart. He's played well throughout the uh, first ten games. Victor had uh, twelve points last night. He and Donovan Ivory uh, led the team 12 points each. Earlier this week, Kelly was at practice. I had a good conversation with Victor Hart. We're going to bring that to you right now. Victor Hart in Hattiesburg by way of a Florida international, averaging some, what, seven minutes last season this year, 31 minutes? I mean, you've been the glue that's been holding this team together. Obviously, the fact that you're playing more means coaches have more faith in you. What has stepped up in your game over this past season, Victor, that has allowed you to put in so many minutes this year? Um, so the work ethic first, you know, I had to put in the work and uh, learning from the guys ahead of me. So just following eight steps every day. And now that I got my opportunity, just building the confidence every day. I believe the biggest difference is my confidence in the court, and it continues to progress every game. I start becoming more and more comfortable out there with my guys. They starting to trust me a lot more as each game goes by. So it's been fun. Now, a native of Miami, most people would think, oh, well, Coach Cardona went down and got him in, in Miami. But you were actually very familiar with uh, with Jay Ladner, you know, by way of FIU and junior college. Uh, fill in the blanks as to how you how you got to Hattiesburg. Oh, yeah. So it's a little bit of both. You know, Coach Juan Cardona, um, he was coaching a prep team down there called Miami Prep. And um, they were actually in our schedule in my junior college, so our first game. And um, crazy story, he ended up beating us coming back from 30 points. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we um, got to know each other, bumping heads throughout that game. You know, the same guy you see today, that's how he was back then as a head coach. So it was fun to compete against that. And um, so, yeah, that's how we got here today. And um, Jay Ladner, um, DeAndre Pickney, who's also from Miami. So we all kind of um, close with each other in terms of building that relationship. A lot of people would ask about the culture shock, too, going from Miami where there's everything to do 24-7, right. coming to a sleepy little town. Hattiesburg compared to Miami, but you say you're you're cool with it. Yeah, I'm cool with it. It's actually a lot different. You know, I was at Florida International and I could go places and not get noticed. Here is different. So to go to actual stores and see the posters and our schedule, our faces in these stores. So it's actually different. I actually embrace the love the city gives us. Well, well you're not exactly 5'10 and look like right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. like everybody else. Right, right. So um Individually now, what are some things you're working on your individual game as you continue to get better as evidenced by your playing time? Uh, just being consistent. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for me and for this team in order for us to get to where we want to be. I have to be consistent as well as my guys. So, you know, I just wanted to rub off on everybody else, the consistency. It, it's no secret that, that because of uh, because of the injury to NEFTA and because of the NCAA situation with with Carbello that, that the guard court is a little thin. So how are you guys working around that and adjusting to it? Well, we're, just, we're doing a lot of mismatching with the lineups, you know, um, being incorporated AC at the one. You know, he's a great playmaker as well as a scorer, so he, he, he has that ability, you know, to play make for the guys when he starts to draw up a lot of attention, just being the great basketball player he is. So we're, we're, we're figuring it out as a team. You know, more Arnold's been holding it down as our point guard, so I'm pretty confident uh, with what we got as a team. Compare last year's team to this year's edition. How is this year's team maybe better than last year's? Maybe, maybe how is it not as good? Okay, um, honestly, uh, um, the IQ at first, you know, last year we were high in IQ from the start. 
know, with guys like Felipe Hase as a center who can make plays, you know, and assist people and quarterback things like a point guard out there and the vision he had. But this year we lacked that a little bit at first, as well as the chemistry, learning how to play with these high-level guys and transfers that we just got. But I believe we're a lot more athletic. Okay, tell me about now, uh, you're, you're studying, is it sociology? Yeah. yeah. So what, what's the dream job for you when basketball's over, you know, maybe 20 years down the road or whatever? Man, I'm actually into a lot of different things. At first, um, I was actually pretty big with engineering because my father was into it, but had to learn I'm either going to be an engineer or a basketball player as of now. So I just want to focus on, you know, prioritize my goals. So that's something I definitely would like to look into, engineering later on. Um, Hopefully, real estate and uh, yeah. But as of now, just be becoming a professional basketball player, just one, one one step at a time. I think I think real estate in Miami, you know, you could probably make a nice living. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who's into that. You know, moved actually moved out of Miami. And uh, what about like Boca and Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I meant to mention. A lot of friends move out of there and end up going to places like Orlando and move out to Orlando. They say they like it out there. It's a lot slower pace and a little better. Okay, final question now. Sunbelt play, getting closer. Right. What do you guys have to tighten up to be ready to go? Um, honestly, just playing together, just building that trust within each other. I believe that's the biggest thing for us. Uh, some key games on the road, for example, UAB and Milwaukee, the reason we came out victorious and was able to dominate those type of games because we trusted each other, you know, and believed in one another, just kept fighting all the way to the end. So, I believe. Victor Hart, stay hot. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Victor Hart, everybody. Kelly, uh, with that interview earlier this week, articulate young man, and he's been a really positive uh, a positive force on the floor this year for Southern Miss, Luke. Yeah, second on the team, averaging 15.1 uh, per game last night. Um, he had he, he led the team. He and Donovan Ivory both scored 12 points. Um, he had three rebounds. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they just didn't shoot the ball well. And this is um, – Although we have had a few games where one guy took over, uh, I, I think what what you're missing is what what he said with with Hase. I mean, very rarely will you have a big that has the ball handling skills like a Hase, and so it was almost like you had two quarterbacks on the floor that you know worked so well, and that's why that's why this team got really hot when when Nefta came back, and so you had he and Hase on the floor, and it, you know took some pressure off of Crowley and. That's the thing about getting Curbelo back. It it may free Austin up a little more, um, just to to basically be a shooter rather than having to fool with with being a, you know, running a running the one and or uh, take a little pressure off of Mo. So, I I you know I, I don't know long. I don't want to be I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I just I think you know this a decision like this that the NCAA makes with two time transfers. I, I think. You know, ultimately, in the long run, it, it's not good. Um, but I am I am thankful. It appears that we're going to have Curbelo so that he just doesn't have to sit like in waiting game forever. The NCAA holds people hostage, so yeah. it, it will be interesting to see the dynamic of the show. And I don't, I'm not expecting Curbelo like to come in and play 35 minutes. That that's unreasonable. But I mean, the fact that hopefully he can play against Lamar. He'll get more playing time against Ole Miss. We can really use him in that game, and then be ready for conference play. Because I don't, I don't see the NCAA doing anything. And if there's no pushback, then then why wouldn't the injunction stand permanently going forward after December 27th? Right. Well, ten games into the season, no decision made on this kid. We should point out that th- this really this movement came as a result of of a of a court action, not not the NCAA. So if he does get to play 
against Lamar, I guess you can thank the federal judge more than uh, <laughs> more than you can thank uh, thank the NCAA. Well, we'll know Monday. The Golden Eagles continue their four game road trip on Monday. They'll travel uh, to Lamar, tip off uh, in Beaumont, Texas, scheduled for seven p.m. Central Standard Time, and uh, you can catch it on ESPN Plus. And uh, that Lamar game's winnable, and uh, really need to win that because the game against Ole Miss, you're going to have to play your best. Uh, you know, let's just say like it is. Ole Miss looks like a very good basketball team. Ole Miss is a top twenty-five team. I'm surprised why you know they're they're not ranked this week. But that's one of those where um, you, this team's got to find some consistency. We've seen them when when they play well, and uh, but you know, going down the stretch, it's games like last night that just cause you to doubt yourself, and especially when you hit conference play and. And then when you get down to a tournament where you know one game determines postseason activity or or opportunity, you you want to play with confidence and and not revert back to you know which team's going to show up tonight. And so I, I think I think getting Curbelo back and then hopefully getting Nefta you know early conference season will surely help. All right, I want to thank Fourth Street Bar and Grill for their sponsorship of that segment. Great place to go get lunch. Great place to enjoy the favorite sporting event that's on TV and always a lot of good camaraderie. Also, quick reminder, now here's a Christmas gift idea. How about a gift card at Mobay Beignet Company on Hardy Street and the recipient can go down and enjoy delicious beignets and coffee at a time of their choosing on you. Mobay Beignet, Hardy Street, great place to do some Christmas relief drinking and of course a great place to buy a Christmas gift card. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com, the premier place to go to get in the best shape of your life. Instruction, batting cages, pro shops, all at DBAT and D1. DBATHattiesburg.com. DBAT on Hardy Street in. Hattiesburg, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. A um, couple of uh, really cool. We were talking about recruiting earlier. Some some awards um, for uh, for some Southern Miss commits. So we were talking earlier with Scott Watkins from the Bluxy Sun Herald and talking about you know what would recruiting wins be. Currently, three Southern Miss commits sweep the private school football awards. So Hartfield from Hartfield, Reed, Jezeal, I can't ever say his last name, Jesse Olowski, Reed Jesse Olowski, who rushed for over 2,000 yards, Offensive Player of the Year, Chris Jones, linebacker, Defensive Player of the Year, MRA senior quarterback, John White, 6A Player of the Year, all of those guys, Southern Miss commits. Caleb Moore? A defensive lineman from Oak Grove, Elijah Baker, an offensive lineman from Hattiesburg, have both been selected to play in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game Saturday in the Rock. So congratulations uh, to them. Race Jones from West Jones also playing in that game, but uh, exciting to see some local guys get to play in the Rock. Southern Miss commits getting to play in the Rock. Southern Miss also got uh, a good commit from Bart Edmonston, Jr., 
Played at Jones College this year. He's a kicker and punter this year. 31 punt, punts for a 44.5-yard average, 16 punts over 50 yards, 9 of 13 on field goals with a long of 48. Only missed one extra point all season. The kid's for real. His dad kicked at Florida for Steve Spurrier during the national championship uh, team down there in Gainesville. So Bart Edmonston out of Ocean Springs. Bart Edmonston Jr. Um, is a commitment uh, for Will Hall. And then Southern Miss Golden Eagles. So that was good stuff. All right, going back to last night, um, Golden Eagles dropped to McNeese. And, uh, Bob, it, I think you kind of summed it up with Scott. This team's going to be as good as their uh, their jump shot. Um, but it is good to see that maybe Curbelo can can get back and be interesting to see if the school is going to press forward to uh, to get him uh, to, to, to play. But, uh, you know, 20-point loss uh, on the road. Got to change some stuff. Well, you do. Hopefully, uh, some you know some help at the guard position will take some of the pressure off the guys. Frustrating to watch them when they play really hard. They come off the floor, you know, they miss a ten foot shot. Uh, McNeese gets the rebound. They go down and drain a three, and you know, and that happened a good bit last night. And so you can't miss shots and give your opponent three point shots. One thing that strikes me too a little bit, Luke, is as a lot of teams are having a lot of success shooting from three points. Uh, the three-point range against the Golden Eagles, as if there's, you know, as if they're they're really not putting much pressure on guys out in the three-point area, and uh, they're they're draining them. So uh, yeah. I don't know. That's that's another thing that I've noticed is a little different about the team this year. Yeah, and it's just you know they're they're work in progress. Coach Cardona talking about that defensively. That's that's his uh, his baby. So hopefully they'll get that right. Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports. Uh, another kind of addendum to this whole NCAA li- um, litigation with or, or uh, the court decision with the double transfers. This just came out. Dellinger tweets, The NCAA provides clarity on a lingering issue. An athlete who competes in a game over the next 14 days will lose a season of eligibility if the court's ruling is reversed. So meaning... Wow. So let's say that while the temporary injunction is is you can play right now, let's say on December 27th, if they reverse it and say no, double transfers can't play, anybody that plays in those 14 days will lose the season. So that's kind of hmm. the trade-off. And uh, that that's the NCAA. I don't know. I, I just don't see them fighting back. Um but but there is, that's something that these teams have to gauge. So well, that's we'll that's see. what you call rolling the dice, right there, is it not? It is. Yeah, and it, it really. So is. what do you do? What do you do with the guard here? I mean, do you just I mean, wait think, another fourteen days and see? You don't want to. Well, lose I mean, I think you you look at the kid, or you get you know it's what kind of I think Jeremy released a statement yesterday. They're they're talking to their legal teams, and it's gonna be a combination of you know does Jay want to take the chance? Corbello won't take the chance. University won't take the chance, and. There's, there's nothing they're going to come back on the university of the athletic department. It would just be, you know, the, the year gets burned. So yeah. have to wait and see. All right. Um, I had a cool opportunity a couple of weeks ago. Uh, got a, a call from Marshant Kenny and uh, was able to sit down in front of a camera and record an episode with him as his guest on Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime podcast. That, that aired yesterday. A lot of talk about the Eagle Hour. Uh, we, we waited through, uh, Marchant talking about the personalities on, on this show, Bob, with me, you and Kelly working together. And, and it was fun. We, we relived some, some memories and, and talked about Coach Bauer and talked about 
Southern Miss football. It was really fun. Anybody can go check that out on Marchant's social platforms. He's, uh, of course, he's a he's been a guest on this show many times. We love Marchant Kenny and what he does for Southern Miss. But that was fun, and uh, got to talk about the Eagle Hour. Good deal. All right, remember we're going to be at the Midtown Corner Market tomorrow from one to two. Please bring a toy. Let's make it a big Christmas for the kids at Homes for Hope. We'll look forward to seeing you down there. I want to thank Mike Salden for having us and all the sponsors as well. We'll be talking about all of them tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.